0: Tonight's Mass of the Lord's Supper commemorates three principal mysteries, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the institution of the priestly order, and the Lord's new commandment of love. All three of these have their origin in the events of Holy Thursday, but it is the third that has the most obvious connection with tonight's Gospel. In this homily, I want to reflect with you on the significance of the foot washing for our life in Christ. In the ancient world, foot washing was necessary both for comfort and for hygiene. It was like brushing teeth is for us today. Travelers often walked on unpaved roads in open-toed sandals. Upon arriving, a traveler would need to wash his feet. Good hosts would provide water for this. But in a hierarchical society, the task itself was seen as servile. Only slaves or the lowest-ranking household servants performed it for others. This is why Peter is so shocked when Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet. For a social superior like a rabbi... To wash the feet of his social inferiors was shocking. But as unusual as Jesus' actions are, his statement about them is unprecedented. By washing his disciples' feet, Jesus has broken an important social norm. And he intends that his actions be seen not as an exception, but as a new norm. I have given you a model to follow, he says, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. What exactly is this new model that Jesus is exhorting his disciples to follow? The early church interpreted it literally as a duty to wash others' feet. In First Timothy, St. Paul writes that any widow who wishes to be enrolled in the church's order of widows must be well attested for good deeds. He mentions showing hospitality, relieving the afflicted, and washing the feet of the saints. This practice was still common 400 years later when St. Benedict, in his rule, prescribes that the abbot and monks wash the feet of all the monastery's guests. But at the same time as some in the Church have always sought to carry out Jesus' words literally, the tradition has also understood that the model he gives us here extends beyond the particular act of washing feet. There is an intimate connection between Jesus' new model and his new commandment. Several verses after the section of John's Gospel that we just read, Jesus says to his disciples, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. The disciples are to love one another as Jesus has loved them. He has loved them by overturning the basic social norms of ancient society, taking the form of a slave and washing their feet Jesus new model of self-sacrificial of self-sacrificial service is what obedience to Jesus new commandment of love looks like. Foot washing is not just a discrete action to be imitated but a pattern for a whole new way of life. So what does this mean for us? In order to understand how foot washing could serve as a pattern for the whole of life, we must remind ourselves of the whole trajectory of the story. Before Jesus even rose from supper, he was observing and anticipating his disciples' needs. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. Jesus' loving attentiveness extends. Even to the humblest details of daily life, like weary, dirty feet. For this reason, he is willing to deny himself bodily comfort and divest himself of his dignity to perform a servile task which his own disciples were unwilling or unable to perform for one another. Are we too attentive to the needs of others, needs both bodily and spiritual? of brothers and family members, friends and neighbors, citizens and non-citizens, even of strangers and enemies? Are we, too, ready to love them, even in the humblest details of daily life? To do so, we must first rise from our place, as Jesus did. We must make a conscious, deliberate decision to serve— This is certainly true when we are free to do otherwise, but it is also true when we are not, when the task already belongs to our duty. In either case, we must voluntarily depart from whatever status we possess in our family or community and take on the form of a slave. If foot-washing is a model, a pattern for all charity, then all acts of charity are humble. They require us to kneel on the floor, both socially and spiritually, to put away lofty thoughts, as St. Paul says in Romans, and associate with the lowly. Feet, indeed, are the lowliest, dirtiest parts of our bodies. After a long walk, they are unpleasant to smell, to touch, sometimes even to look at. To accomplish the cleansing he desires for his disciples, Jesus has to overcome not only Peter's pride and shame, but also his own natural human disgust. Overcoming such resistance, both in others and in ourselves, is impossible apart from prayer and God's grace. If we, too, are to love others to the end, we must begin by begging him, for his help. There was one final aspect to the model that Jesus gives us. After he rises from supper, washes his disciples' feet, and then resumes his place, Jesus proceeds for the first time to call his disciples friends. He calls them friends because by loving them to the end, he has made them his friends. He has done this even though one of them, who departs just after the foot washing, responds to Jesus' act of love by making himself his enemy. Jesus feeds and washes his own betrayer. Even gives him permission to go out into the night and accomplish Satan's will. In so doing, he sets in motion the events which lead directly to his own death. The washing of the feet contains and communicates the whole of Jesus' paschal mystery. Every act of charity is a participation in Jesus' own death and resurrection.